0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFP Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. We are back for another live show talking DC United, Washington Spirit, Loudoun United, and of course the U.S. men's and women's national teams. John, how are you doing, my friend? How, how was your
1: weekend? Is it is it Monday? It's Monday. It is it, it is, is Monday. We are doing
0: a show. It is yeah, Monday. <laughs>
1: that is the only marker of time that I have that actually stays constant. My weekend was fine. I watched. Yeah. I, again, watched so much soccer.
0: Yes. And uh, we are uh, we are now entering March. Remember, remember, like, around this time last year? I'm pretty sure. So, so if we go based on the fact that yeah, last year was a leap year, at this time last year, we had watched the home opener. We were on our way back from D.C., uh, and we had just done a live show, so we have come full circle in about a year. Um, I'm using that because March 1st, technically, you know, March you know was February 29th, which was a leap year, doesn't exist in, in this time frame, so um, we got to go based on that. That's crazy to think about. We, we we've gone a full year; it feels longer. Uh yes. But, but yes, here it is. Here it is. That was uh, a
1: good time, and one that we are for sure going to replicate <laughs> in some way in some time. But it yeah. was. I can't believe it was a year ago today.
0: Yep, got to get through the uh, the the pandemic, and uh, we got soccer coming up, so we got soccer to talk about. Um, we got some some bad news, some good news, some really bad news. I think we're going to discuss. It's kind of all over the spectrum this week. Um, but let's uh, let's jump right into this. Uh, John, you wanted to go ahead and announce, I think, right off the top. I did. Our uh, winner of our spirit raffle. Thank you so much to everybody that entered and, and, and took part in that. We hope you enjoyed the interview, and you want to announce the winner.
1: Yeah, I wish we had, you know, 100 jerseys to give away to everyone that filled it out. But, Lauren from Kentucky, congrats on winning your free Washington Spirit jersey. Uh, we have been in contact. We will uh, we will make sure that happens for you pretty soon. So, uh, we're, we're going to be doing more of these. We've already got some on, on deck, so uh, keep Keep posted. They're all going to tell you to follow us somewhere and do something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so make sure that you're make sure that you're listening, and then you can win free stuff. It, it's a
0: participation award. It's, it is. You have to participate.
1: It is the green um, ribbon of, of of things. I don't know if it was. I don't know. Did, were your were your participation ribbons always green? Like in, remember, like in field day.
0: I guess they were green. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. It's blue, been a while. Blue
1: first place, red second place. That, green. The, the,
0: the, those are the things that, that ruined us, right? That's what that's what everybody says. That yeah, I'm ruined from that yep. for sure. Oh yeah. Scarred mentally. I'm that hundred percent. All right. Let's get into we, we got the good news out, so now we gotta we gotta taper it with some bad. Uh dealing more with MLS. Uh the main Sacramento investor, uh, Ron Burkle, uh has pulled out. Uh he was apparently worth one point five billion, but has informed the league that he no longer wishes to go forward as an owner. So Uh, that, uh, it's kind of gone back and forth. I I guess it's kind of, it's too soon to really know is this, you know, in theory, there are other people who could fly in and say, yep, I'll, I'll take up, I'll take up the mantle. Uh, you're not going to find a sports franchise that has, I guess, a turnkey stadium and everything. But, uh, for all, for all intents and purposes, the 30th MLS team is up in the air. The NWSL franchise is up in the air. Um, a lot, uh, it's, it's sad and disappointing. I think for fans of Sacramento, John, you, you lived in the area you have sort of, that's kind of your second home. So, yep. uh, you, you, I'll let you take over from here.
1: I, I lived, I lived there as the first time Don Garber came to Sacramento and said, we're going to give you guys a team. And that was years and years ago. Now, um, a couple, a little few bits of information. So Ron Burkle has a lot of money. Ron Burkle's money comes from, I believe, according to his Wikipedia page, Uh, mergers and acquisitions of supermarkets Uh, so supermarkets doing pretty well during the pandemic i think generally generally that's the case uh did so well that i believe he bought neverland a few years ago as a real estate transaction and also was a family friend of of michael jackson Um, neither here nor there uh the the mayor of sacramento mayor steinberg has been doing a lot to try to make this a reality it's i think he sees it as his sort of uh, crowning achievement the mayor before that Kevin Johnson uh, who has a whole bunch of troubled stuff in his past if you want to Google him other than his NBA career um, got the Sacramento Kings their new stadium in and with state money uh, Daryl Steinberg was trying to get this new stadium built in the rail yards which is outside of the main downtown core but it is right now if you look at it it is blocks and blocks and blocks of flat, Uh, earth (laughs) that there's nothing there it's like block 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 eight blocks if you look it's all dirt it's all been paved out um it's a super fun site so that's a problem so they've got to they've got to clean it up it's it's ready to go it just you know doesn't look um doesn't look very good um (laughs) So, we would know we would know all about stadiums built in places that right
0: are very much under construction and 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 everything like the that. The
1: good thing so. though like I mean if it does get built uh, if you've seen the renderings and uh, you know I think talking about stadium renderings is triggering to DC United fans but um it's really really beautiful open air. It gets hot as hell there in the summer so it was intended to be very open. It's right off the river. Um it will it will be great. I don't think it's done. I think the Sacramento is an hour and a half from a whole bunch of rich people in silicon valley it's literally if we're talking about a 200 million dollar uh you know expansion fee that has to get paid that could be found i don't know i don't know what they're doing right now i know that steinberg will probably bend over backwards to to make this thing get over the edge i don't know if it's like tax abatements or whatever to make it happen but um it's unfortunate attend for, for the republic they've been they've been this close to an mls franchise for since I've been there, it's, I I put down season ticket deposit when I when I was there to tell you how close and how long this has been. But I think that the franchise is sort of stuck in the mud because they've been in this in between for for quite some time. They're no longer setting records for attendance. They're no longer at the top of the league every year like they were when they started. There have been like six head coaches in five years. Uh, it's been it's a long time since Preki was the manager, um, and that was that's a great saga if you ever want to look on what happened to Preki or where's Preki. That was a wild little bit of time. <laughs> um, but, and, and you alluded to it, the whole pitch there was like, we'll have a stadium, we'll do an NWSL franchise, almost as an afterthought. And NWSL were like, yep, we'll take it. Let's do it. Let's, ha- let's have another team. But, you know, they're not even really acknowledging that, that component of this. I think that they're trying to salvage the MLS thing right now. They still have a while because I believe they're, were they, were they 22 or 23 entrants? Do you Do you know that? They were intended to be?
0: Um, I think they were twenty twenty four. I want to say I know they were towards the end. Um, Saint
1: Louis, I think, was after them.
0: Yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I Either know they way, pushed everything back a year. It's it's been a little bit, um, a little bit, a little bit up up in the air. I was gonna look to see. It's still possible um, for this
1: to get done. It's not. It, it wasn't happening next year, so there's still a chance. It's just a bad start. I think it was they were late to pay. They were they had money due last month. It didn't get there. The league was like, uh. Uh, <laughs> where where's your money, bro? Uh, we're assessing a late fee to your ten to your twenty to your two hundred million dollars. Um, but anyway, that's that's a you know heartbreaker for for the fans out there. I don't think there's any Sacramento Republic fans who listen to the show. If there are, hello, hi. Um, but I, I it's it's a bummer for the league too. I think that I, I I someone of the filibuster guys was talking on Twitter like, is this the beginning of the bubble bursting on expansion? Is the fact that they are uh. Picking groups in areas where it's not so sure that the money's there. I think the pandemic is sort of an exigent circumstance and we can't really judge that too much. Um, I think it just sort of feels like we've expanded too fast, too quickly, but I think the pandemic really just sort of, I don't, I, it's hard to draw conclusions. I would say from this couple last couple of years.
0: I, I, I will say, <clears throat> I feel like a lot has sort of made up as sort of a, a bubble bursting in MLS. I, I don't, I don't know if I see that. I, I could see I could see things slowing down. I, I think there are other franchises that will come will come about. I think I think that I think the league is gonna say, okay, we're we're not making a decision on this uh until, you know, maybe the end of twenty twenty two. Maybe they push it out even further. Um as sort of we get out of this pandemic, the economy starts to, you know, pick back up, so to speak, and and you know, there are more owners that suddenly so say, Hey, I'll 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 give some money towards uh, t- towards this league. Um, I think that's what we're probably, in my opinion, more likely to see uh, is that they're going to take a step back. I, You know, unless someone comes in tomorrow and says – yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take this mantle. I'll be the guy to, you know, take the Sacramento Republic. I will, you know, finish the financing on the stadium. Let, 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 let's go. Um, but if that doesn't come to fruition, it's going to be a little bit of a wait, I think, before MLS jumps in again.
1: There are loyal fans of the Sacramento Kings and they are horrible. They are historically horrible. They have the longest stretch of not appearing in the playoffs since they were jobbed by the NBA against the Lakers. Again, no Sacramento fans listening but if they were they would be gripping they would be gripping a stress ball as I talk about that I, I say that to say if they if they make this happen it, it's a money machine they will they will come and and go to these games the fans are absolutely rabid for top level soccer um, So listen Meg Whitman originally was a was an investor for like a week someone that go shake Tim Cook's pockets just like hold them by his ankles and shake them. And two hundred million dollars will fall out, and then someone could be the owner. Let's let's just make it happen.
0: and 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 I think I think the most important thing to remember is you know MLS. If you want to get in on a sports franchise, you're not going to find anything cheaper than MLS right now. And I think that is a large part of the draw. Uh, a large part of the draw that we've seen um, with the with trying to get owners into this league. It's kind of like getting on something. Right. I mean, maybe we're not on the ground floor anymore, but we're on maybe floor one of that. Uh, of that. And so I think that that's what you, you could still see here. And, you know, I'm, you know, I think a lot of people have said, well, you know, how oh, we got, you know, five teams in California. Why do we need five? You know, it's a lot of people in put, California put, put, put teams wherever they're going to be fans. And Sacramento has shown they were one of the first teams when they came into USL that, that sort of, uh, Began this revolution of of USL championship level teams, you know, second division, third division teams getting fan bases, getting into the community and showing that they could support the game and. And sort of building up and they've been kind of they were kind of the ones where it was like maybe they become a new Rochester. Maybe they kind of, you know, think, you know, Rochester was in talks in the in the late 90s about being an list team, huge amounts of support. And then it all dwindled. And now they are no more. Uh, they are in dormant. They are uh, no real um no real uh, plans, I guess, to return or concrete plans that, I, that I've that uh, so i heard. W- so I was worried Sacramento was going to kind of go that route, you know, MLS. And it was going to be kind of a real test. You know, what happens once uh, the MLS dream is over and, and what happens to these teams? Do investors start to pull out? Do teams start to die? Uh, and, you know, I, I, I abide by the Jason Davis philosophy that the most important thing uh, that a a second division, lower division club or any soccer club in, in, in America can do is exist, exist and survive. Um, that is the most important thing, because if it doesn't, then you've got nothing. And, and that's and we've seen it with North Carolina dropping down. We've seen it with my team, Richmond, dropping down. If that's what you got to do to stay afloat, you do it. Because you want it, you want your teams to be there. You want that history. You want that generational, you know, kids growing up with their parents watching the game, and then their kids growing up. That's what you want in this game. That's how we're gonna, you know, slow growth this thing and, and get the sport bigger. So,
1: Ryan uh, Johnson on YouTube says, "I feel so bad for Sacramento fans, much more deserving of an MLS team than Austin or Charlotte." Uh, Austin certainly. Let's uh, a, ask a Columbus fan <laughs> about about that one. I mean, obviously, they worked out for them. They won MLS Cup. And they got their team back, and they're building a stadium, so they're probably not sweating it too hard. Uh, Charlotte, they're selling seat licenses <laughs> at, at Charlotte for a team that has—that's uh, going to be really interesting to watch. If we're, you know, to, to bring back the bubble talk, if if there is a bubble, I would look at I would look at places that did not have a sustained, successful USL franchise to really prove as a proof of concept that soccer can be supported there, and it's going to be played in a giant. Football stadium, I mean, it's something to watch. Watch, watch that it, franchise. This, this when they come to the league.
0: They're trying to be Atlanta without the understanding of what made Atlanta successful, which was to get in the door. It wasn't expensive. It was fairly cheap to get into the door, and they proved. And so I think really th- what's going to come with Charlotte is okay. You're selling expensive tickets. You got to make it worthwhile. These people, then, you know, go out and sign your Amarons, go out and sign your, your big name players. Uh, if Atlanta hadn't been good their first season, if they hadn't made the playoffs, it, it would have dried up very quickly. So that, that's always the test. You yep. can sell all the expensive tickets. You can play in a football stadium. But if you're going to do something like that, you got to then put a product on the field that people want to come out and watch. Um But yeah, uh, MLS expansion is always afoot. And uh, speaking of signing, speaking of things that are afoot, uh, we got DC United signings. We got players that are actually Mm -hmm. coming in. Uh, We start with the first official. It was actually, I think, just made official right as we were coming on air. Uh, Giovanni Boulevard, 19-year-old Venezuelan player, U-20 player for Venezuela. This looks like a loan. Yes, it is a loan. It looks like he's a smaller player, not necessarily a target forward We've we've done this before, John. You wanted to say what you wanted to say. What player does this remind you of?
1: I instantly thought of Bruno Miranda when, yeah. uh, as far as I thought, like what my expectations were of a player. Bruno Miranda, a U twenty, I believe at the time, player in Bolivia, I believe if I'm correct, mm-hmm. um, did not feature much for DC United. I-, I also thought when I thought height, I thought Franco niel and then I remembered that Franco niel was five foot four, so relative giant compared to Franco Niel. Um, four goals in 18 matches in 2020 just scored i believe in a u20 match a couple of days ago um, I, I think that there's a, a possibility that we spotted this player in our pursuit for dar luis paz who is signed to a contract for loud united who's also a u20 player for venezuela um anyway i I'd want to make sure that we have the source here mario sanchez on twitter was was where uh was where we got confirmation on this. We we I don't know how this happened, but we have become we get tagged now on a lot of South Afri- South South American rumors and player signings. <laughs> so like the account is just like I get a million notifications for a tweet that we did not write that we are in in Spanish and like all right, well I guess we should put hit, the Google Translate on this and figure out what's going on.
0: Hit that translate tweet button. That, that that's where that, that come that comes in handy. Or or in my case, I just borrow uh, borrow my wife who who speaks. Fluid Spanish. If 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 there's any sort of translation that's needed, um, but what,
1: but, do, we, what uh, do we what do we feel that this is? Uh, you know, we'll talk about this. Act- this is
0: if you want know to think this is this is like this is a a almost a quintessential Dave Casper type move. International signing, low risk. It's a loan. Doesn't work out. He goes back. No 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 problems made. I, I do think maybe this is a the the interesting parts come in is if he if he does end up being good enough. He's a U twenty two, the under twenty two initiative player. They can spend as much money as they want on that. Tra- they do not need to split up that transfer fee at all. Uh, and, and I and, and I do wonder this under twenty two initiative. You know, we think about a player like Emil Assad, who we got on a loan, and how that whole thing fell apart. And I and I do think this is maybe in response to that. We're grabbing more and more play, more and more players from South America, and deals falling apart because of roster rules and teams have to sort of restructure certain deals to, uh, to, to you know, payments to these clubs. And these clubs not understanding, I think is pushing this a little bit. Uh, because if we go back to when, middle was his age he would have been that player but I, I think this is kind of the we're bringing him in on loan if he ends up showing well playing well you know he's gonna have uh national team uh national team teammate and junior moreno he, he's gonna have you know people he knows it's certainly attack wise it's very south american uh style attack that dc's building here you know maybe with the you know besides julian gressel and paul riola uh so you know it's a chance for him to be. And if he's just successful, great. You got he's a U twenty two signing. You can pay whatever you want for that transfer fee. Probably even if he lights up the league, I doubt he's going to eclipse six hundred and twelve thousand dollars on the salary. Um, no. And 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 so then he becomes he costs you. So if you pay three hundred thousand dollars a year for him, if he plays well, he only costs you one hundred and fifty on your cap. And that transfer fee doesn't even come into it. So I think that's sort of the thinking behind this move. Uh, it's a low-risk, high-reward move, um, which we've seen Dave Casper do a lot.
1: And, and historically, that has been due to financial constraints. And mm-hmm. I think also, again, this year, is that is that is the watchword. DC United staff also flew to Bulgaria uh, this last weekend to watch and talk to Nigel Roberta, who played 90 minutes uh, against CSK 1948, another team in Bulgaria. Um, did not score. Uh, I think that if you, if you look at the players that we're pursuing and have signed, um, these are these are a lot of these are high ceiling players or they are they're not likely to cost us a substantial outlay. Uh, Edison Flores cost I think was it four and a half or five and a half million dollars last year something like that
0: it was five I and mean, it, it broke a transfer record right as far so, as like as far as that goes so
1: so that 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 the the gamble was last year I think for that and then and then again next year I think in every interview I've seen of ofernnum uh, lasada he's basically like I want to tamp down expectations for this year <laughs> <laughs> I would like to, I would like you to know and understand that this is a, an adjustment year. Um, we don't have, we're not making big signings. So I, the good thing to me is that I don't, at least not yet. And he might, and he might have to cast these signings as big signings as marquee signings because <laughs> they're not, and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, we're not, maybe not in a position to do that, but like, I like the honesty of saying like, you know, we're, we're seeing what we're about. Our players on our, our players in the team are probably better if they're performing at their best than maybe the players we are bringing in.
0: This is a team I think that is doing what I think in this offseason what we expected, which was they are banking on 2020 being, you know, they're giving a mulligan to Edison Flores. They're giving a mulligan to Ola Kamara. They're giving a mulligan to Jordi Reyna. They're like, all right, 2021's and you know, as normal as, as as it as it has been as far as the season goes. Let's, you know, everybody, everybody, almost everybody gets a clean slate everybody's you know it's wipe the slate clean all right let's start new we got a new coach new identity we have talent that we spent a considerable amount of money on julian gressel uh Edison Flores, those types of players. We even brought in Jordi Reyna midseason, which is still not—he's not a cheap. He—he's I guess cheap in comparison to some of the DPS out, out there, but he's not a a cheap player. And so we—so I think they're thinking from an attack. They're looking at guys that can push other players. Uh, Nigel Roberto seems like a guy who is. They talked about getting a player that can push Ola Kamara. That's your player that's going to maybe not start day one, but maybe he's a guy who you know steps up and pushes maybe Ola Kamara, Ola Kamara a little bit. Here's a guy, Johnny it uh, seems like Giovanni Boulevard and and um and, uh, it seems like a guy who is maybe going to push Jordi Reyna a little bit. Maybe he's more of a withdrawn forward. Jordi Reina kind of plays that role. Uh or even Edison Flores and some other guys. So I think this is all about bolstering depth uh and trying to find depth and 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 I hope what I hope is I I think the biggest problem is DC has made these signings and we had a coach in Ben Olsen who just did not trust him. He could not trust these players. Maybe they weren't good enough, but we never really got to see. Burnham Rand, I think, is a good thing. We saw maybe a little bit. We saw maybe some flashes of what maybe DC saw in him, but we didn't see him enough. And so I'm, I'll be curious to see what type of player, what type of coach uh, uh, we get out of uh, Lasada. As far as that goes,
1: so. I, I'm gonna put on my Ben Olsen defender hat. I, I look at <laughs> I look at how players do when they leave to to be evidenced of what if 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 the pre if the coach had a bad evaluation of talent. Bruno Miranda plays um, on a second division in South South America right now. I don't know if it's in Bolivia. I, I think about like Rafael Augusto playing in Vietnam. I think now I I I, I had a big uh, I had a little bit of time on my hands and I went on Instagram. On the show account and followed a bunch of former DC D- D- United players, try to try to see where they're playing if they're playing at all. Um, so I don't I don't know if he was a miss, and I, I don't know if it like Raphael uh, Gladiator. I don't I don't think is lighting lighting the leagues on fire. So anyway, I, I think I that's not as important. As, I think we're the the conclusion that we've made here is that this is about depth, and the hope is that with actually good depth, uh, these players feel a pressure to perform, and that they do. Instead of just sort of everyone, all the levels go down for everyone. I think that maybe Nigel Roberta is a better uh, Galman Rivas. Mm-hmm. better Galman, and
0: and maybe maybe a uh, better Eric Sorga. Do I do I wanna do I wanna drop that on any on anyone right now? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I don't know how the Bulgarian league re- rates to the Estonian league. Someone someone help me out with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, someone so-
0: someone with some football manager knowledge go go in and take that. But um.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, other other moves that are happening this time going out the door. Uh, Michael Edwards, the 20 uh, year old former DC United Academy product, uh, is going to Colorado for undisclosed amounts of allocation funding, allocation funds, allocation money. They've got
0: to uh, they've got to release that at some point. Maybe they haven't made it official yet, but they're going to re- allocation. You can't hide allocation money anymore. The rights are now I mean, I, my, my guess is maybe 100 at most 100,000 allocation I'll be surprised if it's more than that, DC did a good bit of business, I guess. Yeah.
1: I, I don't I think Eric Williamson was probably in that range, one hundred fifty, two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um so uh Michael Edwards is playing uh, in Wolfsburg two or was playing in Wolfsburg two um since twenty nineteen. He's played six matches this season. Uh I'm hoping that you know, I, I brought up Eric Williamson as sort of like the, the specter of this this last move where we had a player who would have come back potentially or maybe didn't like our contract offer. Uh, I know that we we tried to make an offer to Edwards as he left, so same story there. Uh, he decided to come back. If you look at Colorado, it does not appear that he would step right in to uh, the rotation immediately. But then again, you would have thought that about Eric Williamson too when you looked at the midfield in Portland. And now look at him; he's a penciled starter. He's making national teams, uh, so you never know. Uh, good for him. Good to, to good to secure. I think I, I think there's only so long in which you can play in Wolfsburg too. I feel like <laughs> I feel like you got to I feel like you got to move on at some point and uh good for him. I'm glad we got money out of a player that didn't want to play here. Yeah.
0: And um the lucho FCC deal has apparently been agreed. It's pending a transfer. Uh a time at Atlas I think will be uh is 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 disappointing to say the least. I think we we kind of I fall anytime Atlas is on I watched him and Same. and it, he is uh he he seems lost. Uh, he does not look like the same sort of motivation um you know I who, who knows what that means. Uh so I guess the question is can they get a deal? Can FC Cincinnati get a deal? Uh so DC can get that 500k in allocation money, which is my guess. It's probably around that
1: amount. Atlas would like to be rid of his $2 million a year contract. If, if you watch him, I think the problem for him is that he is not a focal point on that team. Yeah, And and he he often looks like a bystander because the play does not because he's not the central hub of play, I feel like he drifts. And he drifted at D.C. United, but I think he drifted for a different reason there. I think he got mm-hmm. drifted there because he was targeted and marked out of the game, and and they got physical with him, and then he just was tired of getting kicked around all the time. And then after that, you know, he sulked for different reasons. So I, I now I don't think any of those things are at play. I think it's just maybe a bad fit for the player he is now. I think maybe he needs to be somewhere where he has the ball and everyone's looking for him. Maybe FC Cincinnati is the spot. I don't know. I know that uh, I watched Atlas on the weekend and he got a yellow card for diving in the first 15 minutes in the box, um, which is unfortunate and not really a good look. I feel like when you're a player that does that, who is not getting a lot of time and is looking at a transfer, that kind of stuff happens. I feel like it's not a, it's not a great look and it's also sort of very much in line with sort of late late stage Lucho uh, at, at uh, whatever club he's at where he doesn't want to be anymore.
0: Yeah. Um you know I've I've I know you are of the opinion you have talked a lot about your sentimental sent uh, mm-hmm. sentiment mentality as far as I hope I said that right you got it. as far as players coming back from uh coming back to DC um I I have none of those traits. I look at Perry Kitchen and I see uh a less good Russell Knauss because Perry Kitchen never developed an ability to sort of play the ball forward. He was always defend pass to the left, pass to the right, pass backwards, never really developed. He had some moments, but not enough. Um so They both I look, have
1: about the same amount of starts for the US national team.
0: Yeah, Oh, Russell Canalson and and, uh, and and they're, they're January
1: camp players for sure.
0: But but Russell Canals has a more of an ability, I guess, to play the ball forward and and he he's shown it uh in in some games. Uh by the way, I think we're going to go ahead and open the phone lines. Uh, I think we got a new number. Uh so, oh, sorry. Right up there, yeah. I thought you wanted to say something, John.
1: I no, I was just gesturing and making very confusing gesture. Uh, yeah, new number. I'm sure you all had the old number saved, so make sure to update your phones, yes, uh, and your and your contact numbers. But uh, <laughs> other 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 DC United uh, player news. I think is uh, probably the last. Well, there's two bits. Uh, one more. We're we'll, we're doing going in, going out, switching back and forth. Brendan uh, his loan is finalized. I don't know if that happened on the last show. Uh, one year loan option to buy. Um, I think we talked about him, but uh, Orebro in Sweden and then Courtray in Belgium uh, for the last five years, ready to get home. He played I, a nugget that I thought was interesting uh, in an interview that he was doing when he was playing in college. He played youth soccer with the Chivas USA Academy in Los Angeles <laughs> as a forward. So anytime, anytime I can mention Chivas USA, ever. I'm gonna do it,
0: man. He's gonna be like, "Assume we're we're we man, that's like a blast from the past." Talk mm-hmm. about like, you want to talk about bad bad expansion teams? Uh, Chivas USA, uh, love you, Elac, but uh, Chivas I want a Chivas USA, USA <laughs>
1: jersey. I got to look on eBay and see if there's a, you, the, but there's got to be somewhere. I want an Ante <laughs> Razov uh, Chivas USA jersey. Man, we're gonna
0: like, I, I'm I am looking forward to the Chivas USA thirty for thirty. I feel like that 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 will come in like ten fifteen years at some point. Um, we'll get to watch that and I will eat eat that up. Um but uh I think this is a guy again, people have been looking for, for a guy that can compete with uh uh with with Fred Brilliant. This might be the guy. Um you may be looking at uh if this team sticks with a four back system, you may be looking at uh, you know, Steve Birnbaum and Brandon's uh and uh Brandon hines Ike as that as that back pair. You may be looking at Uh, Fred Brilliant's still out there. If there's a three back system, you know, maybe this is the, this is the, uh, this is the season, uh, that that changes. So, uh, we'll see. It's a good move. I think it it bolsters that center back. I think they get a player who can be a starting caliber center back and and that's what they're looking for. So,
1: yep. I think it's, uh, uh, of the players that we're, we're looking at, he's the one that's going to start. Very very likely. More than, the, more than the other players that we just were talking about. Before we get you back to the show, I want to ask you to do us a favor. The problem with podcasting is we put the show out there like a message in a bottle. And from there, we have very little info about who's listening and what they think and what they want. We want to make sure that we're making a show that people want to hear and also pay for <clears throat> Patreon. <clears throat> so please help us out. Fill out our 2021 survey. You can find this on RFKrefugees.com or pin as the top tweet on our Twitter account. We're going to reward you for your time with a chance to win FIFA 21, football manager, RFK Refugee swag, and if none of that appeals, you too can have a date with your favorite podcaster. Restrictions may apply. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, uh, more DC United player news of the past, and I think probably the present and the future, or not present, but the future. Uh, Paul Ariola again, a late sub for Swansea in another loss. Uh, in an interview with Goff, he very much sounded like a guy who, A, really wishes he was playing, <laughs> wishes he had a chance, but also is very, not resigned to the fact, but understanding that it's very likely he's back in May. Um, I, I, I don't know who was on the DCN Discord that was talking and saying, even if you want to sell Paul, it's probably best for him to come back and get a full year of play with MLS and in the national team before you look to sell him again in the, in the January window, which I think is probably true. He's, it, he's uh, coming off an injury. This is the lowest value you could possibly have. And you're selling him to yourself, which means you're not gonna you're not gonna bilk yourself for money. And Swansea does not look like they're gonna. I mean, there's a good chance they're still gonna make the playoffs, but uh, not definitely get, not getting automatic promotion. I think for sure at this point. And, and you
0: know, anyway, you have to look at it is you have an opportunity to. You're getting games, you're getting matches, you're going to be. Coming into May, you are going to have maybe some more, you know, game fitness experience at your back. So you can, in theory, then hit MLS, hit MLS on the ground running and uh, put yourself in a position where another team could come in. You're sort of getting yourself in the shop window and maybe it doesn't look. Maybe other teams are kind of passing you by. Then you go back to MLS, you start to light it up. And then you next season, it comes back, you know, the, the winter window rolls around and Swansea or some other clubs are like, no, yeah, we want you. Uh, let, let's make a deal uh however however you want so I, I think that's kind of the the thinking behind this i wish him, well, i hope i hope he does well i, I would really like to him for him to uh to do well into and, and to be sold I, I think that i would like to see dc make good uh, any any players that want to go to europe i want dc to be the one to sell them um and i think that's the philosophy i feel dc should adopt and i've said that many times so um let's talk to your guy you got you got an article from the guardian that you pulled up I did. I think
1: it's. I think it's. Inter- it's a. It's a brief thing. It's not really it's too much to talk about. But it's. There's been a. There have been a number of articles in the last couple weeks. Uh, Charlie Boehm uh, wrote one about the the uh, player uh, player acquisition director. I think in Vancouver, who was a is basically a stats guy. Um, this article talked about how that's going on more and more. I didn't know this already. It might have already been publicly known information. And if it is, I apologize. Uh, but uh, Dan Altman, who is a former New York Times columnist, writes about economics, um, really, really well published. I was looking at his CV. He's very, very accomplished, uh, decided he got a little bored and decided he was going to get into soccer analytics uh, and advise certain teams, including a DC United and Swansea City. Uh, and he was the guy that convinced the team to sign Wayne Rooney or probably one of the one of the people that d- I'm sure that the, the business folks were like, yeah, you should do that. Uh, but he was looking at it from the player skill sort of like, uh, he built a model that was able to really easily or predictably transfer a player from the premier league to MLS and see how they do. Um, so he's also the guy who started smarter scout. So if you're familiar with that website, um, that is a, that is his baby. Uh, it's I think it's interesting to see, you know, I think that, uh, not every team is going to have the financial backing or financial capabilities to be the big spenders. So, uh, I think a lot of MLS teams are gonna the Billy Bean this this thing and and still try to the the market is the global market is so wide that you can still find uh, advantages not maybe as easy as you could in '96 to '99 where basically it was like we've heard of this place called South America and we're gonna sign these players <laughs> that you've never heard of or seen and watch how good they are. Uh, it's a little bit different now because everyone has uh, streaming packages, but. I think that they're they're still going to try to do this, try to figure out a way to use data to more predictably uh, figure out who could co- who could come and cut it, and and who is maybe not a good fit.
0: And, and there's and there's a lot of this going on too. When you see that number of you know allocation money for a player or trade in, in draft picks, uh, there are actually are data people that will look at a player. And they will come up – and and I, I listen to it. If you go, uh, go check out MLS Assist, uh, part of the Total Soccer Show Network, uh, they have a whole show where they talk to a guy who's – that's his job is to sort of figure out how much is this player worth in allocation money, MLS allocation money, and use it. So um, – it's it's an interesting thing. It's something I think we on the show are trying to get a little more into. We've been that's notoriously been a a black hole, I guess, for us <laughs> on this show. Um, but we, we um, read the survey responses,
1: guys. We got it. Yes, we're
0: <laughs> we <got laughs> we're, gonna, we're we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna attempt. We're gonna make an attempt uh, to do a better job, and we're yeah. gonna um, use some data to kind of help us out here. Uh, but. I guess that that's sort of the interesting thing is, you know, as an MLS club, it's actually it's what D.C. D.C., I think, was the Moneyball team before Moneyball existed. You looked at what they did in 96, 97, 99. All these teams were going after guys like Carlos Valderrama, and they went and grabbed two uh, two Bolivians, Marco Echeverri and Jaime Moreno, who were were high, were very highly touted, but they were not. You know, known quantities are really like big, big star names. They were not the ones gracing the cover of the '96 MLS season until they started winning. So, I mean, this is a club that pioneered uh, that that sort of you know shopping on the bargain bin and finding real value, and they did it twice. They did it '96 in '96 to '99, and then 2004 to 2007 with Christian Gomez and and bringing back Jaime again. So, and then they um, didn't after that. <laughs> and and then and then money money sort of became it, it went from finding the $200,000 player to the million dollar player, two million dollar player and and we all know what happened there. But <laughs> but you know, but it's 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 representative of the fact of that despite all the increased, you know, spending and money in the league, we, we watched we watched uh, we watched LA spend a whole lot of money to bring in Chicharito and completely flop. Uh, he said he's going to be much
1: better this year, though. He, he does. He, he does. And,
0: and I believe him. I believe in him. Uh, I, I do. Uh, but I, I think it's sort of the idea of if there's a, if someone can use analytics. And again, you know, and I think the important thing, too, is that the, the guy on the MLS uh, assist show pointed out he said, you know, there's still a lot you don't know. I mean, you don't know how a player is going to take to being in the U.S. Um, you know, you don't know how what's going to happen. You know, I, I think you look at Wayne Rooney it was great, and then you know, I think there was some there were some outside of soccer personal issues that I think affected him in 2019, and the whole failed transfer of Lucho affected Lucho in 2019.
1: Um, so I'm sure that was in this guy's. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sure oh, yeah. unhappy. I'm sure unhappy wife was in his uh, was in his <laughs> calculations for how he'd perform. I'm sure. I, I, I'm
0: I'm sure it was, and and uh, and the uh, drunken public incident at Dulles Airport that was right there as like the X value. That was a and, yep. And that, that was. A, that was
1: a 0.1 uh, uh, increase on goal, expected goals. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, interesting
0: stuff. I, I really hope we start to see more of that curtain pulling sort of to the side and, and, and learning more about that. So uh, Washington Spirit allocated players, Andy, Emily, and uh, Kelly. So uh, three U.S. national team players, kind of kind of I guess Andy Sullivan, despite not sort of being a regular, still counts. I guess she still has a
1: U.S. soccer contract. She does. She's still getting um, that. She's still getting that that U.S. bag. Uh, so good for her. Uh, I think that that uh, there are some teams that have none currently. Louisville has yeah. none uh, allocated right now. I'm wondering. I'm wondering, I don't know enough yet on the NWSL roster rule side to see what that does to the salary cap implications. I think you're just off book. I think you're just off budget, um, fully if you're allocated, which yeah. is which is great. Um, they the, the the spirit arrived in Florida today to start their I think three weeks of training camp. I think it's I think it's a long time. Uh, great for them. I mean, I'm, I wish I was in Florida. Uh, even if it was in a hotel, I would take it. Um, it's, I think that they're they're going to be practicing a lot. I have not heard anything about. Um, uh, scrimmages or any sort of schedule from that perspective. I know that Louisville put out their they, they're playing some college teams. They're playing Orlando, um, so they're they're gonna get, they're a team now just you know forming. So obviously they're gonna playing games is very important to them. <laughs> the spirit, however, are for the most part you know generally pretty intact uh, with a, with a few new pieces. So I think they're they're in a, they're in a much better starting position. And if you heard the interview with Andy Sullivan last week, and if you hadn't, I should think you should go listen to it. Um, but we talked about how all of this player movement and sort of uh i don't want to say player power but like players sort of dictating where they want to go crystal dunn uh, being an example going from north carolina to portland uh, to be i think i think her husband uh lives out there or works maybe for the timbers um i think it's it's made it so that it's wide open any of these teams i don't think any anymore and watch i'm going to you know, say that the the, the king is dead and North, <laughs> North Carolina is no longer the the one to beat, and then they're going to win the championship in a walk. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, it's it's pretty much open for any team. and And the Spirit have a very strong core. They've made some good additions. We don't yet, you know, we don't yet know how they're all going to fit. Uh, but if you if you looked on paper, you would feel pretty confident that if everyone stays healthy and if they're able to finish, the chances they're likely to create that the Spirit have a good chance to win some hardware at this point. I, I think
0: what they have done, what I think maybe some some other teams maybe would have been afraid to do, which is we are we are looking this purely from a perspective of what's going to what's going to help us win games. And, you know, we look at Roosevelt. She's a fantastic talent, but we're not getting we're, we're having to deal with consistently U.S. soccer stepping in and saying, nope, she can't play. And we're and it, it, it and we're basically it's a big empty hole in our roster because we're trying to build the team around her so what do they do they they say you know what we need to you know she's gonna go we need to you know yeah she's she's a big draw she will bring in tickets. She'll bring in people, but you know what? Winning is going to be is more important to us, and so we're going to get a value, get a value, and we are going to then put it into our roster and get other players. And I think that's kind of what they've done. Is they've gotten players. I mean, the players they've signed from Japan all are very highly touted. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what 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 comes of this team. I, I think they are they've kind of taken a core that they sort of built in the in the in the uh, Challenge Cup, and now they're gonna you know. I hope we're going to see them sort of sort of take flight. Um, I think they surprised a lot of people at that, at that Challenge Cup. I don't think anybody was expecting them to be as good as they were um, in that game.
1: It'll be interesting to, for me to see what the effect at the gate is um, mm-hmm. when they're able to, to sell an Audi again with no Rose. You know, Rose, obviously, her contributions to the team were in question because she was injured a lot. Um, but I think, no doubt, she was driving ticket sales in a big way. And for all of Kelly O'Hara's skills and emily sonnet's abilities i don't necessarily think that they are going to drive the casuals to the and that matters when you're running out a big arena like audi field there are some cat casuals are make up a component of, of uh, that of that fan base
0: i will be watching i guess trini rodman is kind of the she's the player if she has a breakout season and it, it's because of who her father is and that's unfortunately the way it is that that she could generate some interest um she she's a player if she plays well and she gets out there i think she's somebody who can who can who can kind of break through it and, and sell tickets i think they sell tickets regardless but um
1: yeah 17 i mean 17 and, and 25 is a is a hard number to hit um it's a hard it's a hard number to hit otherwise I, obviously the the gate in Boyd's was more down to its location than anything else but I, I don't know we'll see I hope I'm wrong uh, and that and that the the they win and that and that draws out the fans and they don't have to worry about anything uh, but I, it, it's hard it's hard to say without without actually living through it speaking of uh, Emily sonnet and not so much Kelly O'Hara because she got about 20 minutes <laughs> in the <laughs> in, in, in the one game she played in the final game uh, US women's national team wins the she believes Cup I don't know if it was ever in doubt. It was, it was not is the answer. It was,
0: it was maybe in doubt. Like the, once they beat Canada and beat Brazil, I mean, it was pretty much, it, it was a, it was a known, known
1: quantity at that point. I think I, it, I felt yeah. good walking in. I felt pretty, I felt pretty good walking in. I'm sure you do honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I mean, this is the, this is the best team in the world. I right. mean, no, there's no question about it. So Emily Sonnet had a pretty rough series. Uh, she, I think she didn't play against Canada and played in the other games. Um, she got real torched against Brazil. She came in for Kelly O'Hara in the Argentina game. Wasn't really tested in that game as much. Argentina didn't put up much of a fight, uh, unfortunately, going forward uh, for the game <laughs> and for our evaluation of her. Uh, I think that she's coming coming off of... And Kelly O'Hara played no games in the Challenge Cup, no games in the Fall Challenge or Fall Series. I think she wanted a move, and that was her way of facilitating it, and it worked. Uh, I think Emily Sonnet also did not have a full season. Was she playing for Orlando last year? Is that where we got her from? Uh, I can't. Honestly, I believe I, that is yeah. true. And and if you remember, of course, Orlando did not play in the Challenge Cup uh, because of COVID. Uh, they did play in the fall series and, and, and did well. But um, we'll, we'll see. I think that I'm, I'm just talking about the spirit implications here. I think Kelly O'Hara is definitely working her way into fitness. Um, and she's got a long time to do that. She's got a whole month before we play a game. So she should be able to do that. I think. I think that Richie is going to be very careful with her minutes, uh, and keep her. Try to keep her healthy to the games that matter uh, at the end of the year. But Emily Sonnet certainly has to perform better than than she did against. She's not going to go against Marta every weekend, but she's going to go against Marta when they play Orlando. Like <laughs> this is a league that has a lot of those lot of those top level can, uh, international players. So you've got to be ready to go.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. Um... Uh, it's you know like I said it's a team that there are probably twenty players on that roster. Andy Sullivan plays for any country in the world, she's a starter. Um, and right now she she hasn't been on the roster, so I think that's that's what we talk about a lot with the with the U.S. women's team. All right, let's get into we, we, we've touched on some good, we've touched on some bad. Let's get into the to the. To the really bad uh, US, uh, the US uh, Soccer Federation. Now, this isn't necessarily bad. I I don't I don't I don't have an opinion. I haven't studied the the platforms, I guess, of the of the US soccer uh, people running for vice president. But Bill Taylor was elected vice president. That was very, very quickly overshadowed uh, by the there was a vote to remove the standing policy that you stand for the national anthem. Um, It won with 70 percent to 20 percent of the vote. Uh, And then uh, one of the. I guess, elected leaders of the players council who represents the Paralympic team, uh, Seth Hahn decided to make one of the most absolutely disgusting and awful comments you can possibly ever come up with. And I don't think you need us to tell you if you, I'm not even going to repeat what he said. They were awful comments that should, should not, you almost wish you had an ability for somebody to just take the mic away from him um it it was it was bad and the response from the president of US soccer was almost even worse it was well we need to respect all sides and then they very quickly came out with a statement that said uh you know no this is despicable this is bad and the athletes council voted to remove him so so that part is good uh but i i think us soccer there is a growing trend of incidents uh like sethian sethian like what happened in Orlando with the men's team of, uh, you know, ultra conservative. I think there was a, a comment about Black Lives Matter audibly heard by fans uh that provoked response. And there are a lot of people out there. I'm not I'm not painting all U.S. soccer fans with a broad brush, but there are there are fans out there that I've seen. And, and when we get into World Cup qualifiers, there are very disrespectful comments. And I am concerned uh because the U S national team is, is, is still very much a gateway when it comes to, to other teams in soccer. I mean, I, 2002 was a moment for me where I started really making soccer my primary sport, watching that team do well in the world cup. Um, and I am very deeply concerned that I'm seeing a fan base sort of see the U S team as sort of a space, a safe space, the, the ultra nationalistic waving the flag and, and it's becoming that, and I'm very, very worried that there are people out there, there are fans that see, uh, you know, Sethiyan's comments. There are people within the organization that agree with what he said, or at least agree with some of what he said. Um, and it's, it's, it's an overarching concern that U.S. soccer needs to take seriously, and they need to, uh, they need to address it. They, they can't just kick Seth, kick Seth out of, out of U.S. soccer, and think that it's going to solve it. Um, and I am, I am deeply concerned with what, with what's to come. Um, and it's, it's, it's a problem. And if U S soccer does not address it, uh, I'm, I'm very, very worried about what the future of the team will be, uh, and what the future of the fan base will be. And and there will be people that will go to games and they will hear comments and they will say, I'm not doing this anymore. And you're turning people away from the game and, um, all to placate people who, who really should not be anywhere near, uh, U S soccer at all um so that that's sort of the overarching story is is his comments were bad but it's it's becoming a trend and uh there it, it, or it's at the very least starting to develop a trend and that's and that for me is concerning um yeah so that's really all I wanted to say about that I, I hope uh people know that you know if you come to U.S soccer games you come to MLS games you are accepted you are welcome and uh yeah it's it It's it's a very rough, and it's also you know coming coming in with the with what happened with the national team and the anthem. So it was a lot of bad that sort of went on uh, with U.S. soccer, and I think I think their management. Yeah, I don't know if John John uh, John I don't know if you have anything you want to add or.
1: I do not. I'm glad he got fired, Um, (laughs) and I'm I'm glad to not have to know any (laughs) more. people on the players council and what their political leanings are. That's that, 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 that suits me fine.
0: Yeah. The, the, op- the openness of some of his, and of course his, his Instagram tweets got, uh, what is his, his, his Instagram got leaked and, uh, there's a lot about that. So, um, yeah, I guess with that guys, uh, uh we're going to wrap up the show. Uh, Twitter.com slash RFQ refugees patreon.com Rrfq refugees Facebook we're on Facebook we're on Instagram John wants me to push the Instagram I am I not I am not a big Instagram person so
1: <laughs> and so, he belies his relative youth by not being an Instagram person. Though. Yeah, man. I don't I'm just. Get it.
0: I, I don't. I don't. I don't I, I'm not. I'm not someone who takes a lot of photos. I guess is the thing. So i have never. I'm a big fan of Twitter because I guess that's where soccer grew up. So I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm, all, I'm on the Twitter, but uh, Instagram maybe it kind of passed me by. Um, so to speak. So it's unfortunate. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, be on the lookout for the RFK Refugees TikTok where oh man, make Ted dance or something. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. But mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram because that's what we're going to do our live video before, during, and after games uh, this season. So yeah. if, if for no other reason, do that. Uh, make sure you fill out the survey. And uh, that's probably all the things that we've got for you for now. But don't worry. We'll have more things for you to do. We'll always yeah. we'll always come up with more work and homework for, the, for our great listeners to to do.
0: Yep, and I guess with that we'll go ahead and wrap up the show thank you all so so much for listening and we will see you guys uh, next week vamos, vamos.